Houston, Texas. I'm Rachel Clark, Free Speech Radio News. You've been listening to Free Speech Radio News. Our newscast is supported by Pacifica Radio, community radio affiliate stations, and listener supporters. We podcast at www.fsrn.org. That's fsrn.org. You can email us your feedback, questions, and story ideas to comments at fsrn.org. Our newscast is produced by Monica Lopez and Taina Gisi. Our Washington, D.C. editor is Leanne Caldwell. And our headlines editor is Shannon Young. Our technical production team at KPFA in Berkeley includes Eric Klein and Antonio Ortiz. From KPFK in L.A., I'm Aura Bogado.
<laughs> Brilliant. So, so like, what have you been up this week? Up to this week? Oh, you know, not a whole. Lot. Wait, what? No. <laughs> so I've had circadian changes this past week. Absolutely. Know? It feels as if it was a year ago, but indeed it was only two days ago, two right. or three days ago, and it was intense. It was yes. so intense yes. and i'm still so tired <laughs> and but the energy was amazing you know we had just over we had about 2300 wow. ally activists in one very confusing hotel absolutely <laughs> absolutely it's, yes. there, it's a beautiful place but it's just very confusing really do you think it's that beautiful Yes. Okay, great. <laughs> Terrific. It's Absolutely. It's modern industrial. It certainly is industrial. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and and so, you know, but it was good. The energy is great. Uh, the plenaries were just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. They really, really they were. were. amazing. And we're going to listen to a little bit yes. of them. And I saw you on this scene Saturday. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And what did you think? You said you went to a couple sessions. I did. I did. Well, actually, I was there since um, Thursday. So, oh. um, and I'd seen you on Thursday too, but you were always huddled with a bunch of people and you were taking notes furiously and pointing. And, and <laughs> most and, likely I was yelling at them and saying, do this. Or gotcha. they were yelling at me and telling me to do this. Got it. So, yeah. So, at various points, but you know, at, at the, at the, but the same game that we know on the air a very calm, cool, collected, <laughs> uh, very, you know, with a smile and uh um able to uh you know look at it like it was just oh it's so easy you know yeah <laughs> you know especially the one moment apparently on i think it was either i think it was sunday when um um uh, Kate actually picked up your mittens and your scarf, <laughs> and that's what that's what broke it down. So uh, let me paint the picture. So it's Sunday. I've been in the hotel since Tuesday, um, and Sunday's the last day of the conference, right? Um, and so uh, the plenary just gotten out. I'm talking with a group of friends. I just come in from outside because I was loading a bus. Mm-hmm. And Kate Runyon comes up to me, Kate Runyon, who's intern director yes. of Triangle, and one of my beautiful co-chairs came up to me and said, you dropped this. And it's my glove. And at yes. that point, that was the straw. Because <laughs> at that point, I was I threw a chair. Yes. I stomped up and down. And this was not an expensive glove. Oh. This was, this was a glove, just a glove. Oh, my gosh. And and But it, it, it was enough to put me over the edge. Yes. Apparently, they, they she had to call a few people. They had to do a little huddle they for did, you. They had to. Do one of those. They uh, had to lay on of hands. <laughs> yes. They had to exercise the demons. Um, but it was, yeah, it was and I pretty think funny. I remember a statement was made, people get out of my city. <laughs> this is my city. Get out. I, I, I'm not sure if that's quotable. It's not very host committee of me. But I, it was just very something hysterical. About, something about queers and leaving. <laughs> yes. You know, I'm sure it was said in love and in jest. Absolutely. But yeah, it was the Absolutely. glove. It was the glove that did it. Yes. The glove that broke the the, oh, the cable back. toe back. That's cable <laughs> toe back. That's right. But um. Yes. Aww. Oh, and I see you have a, a copy of Between the Lines over there. Absolutely, with our our fabulous not only co-host of Closets Over Clothes, but co-host of of Creating Change and, and with and, all the and uh, there's a finger right up my nose. Yeah, yes. My students were saying like, "Why aren't you waving?" And I'm like, "Well, there's just already too many hands in the picture. I felt like it was imbalanced." Well, that's so, right. So, but it was it was a lot of fun. Like what you can't tell from this picture is that. 
it, we were very tired already at that point. Oh. That was the Sunday of volunteer orientation and training. And we had had just like the most number of volunteers ever for creating change. Yes, absolutely. And we were just. Detroit really came through. Detroit, Detroit, Detroit. I am so proud of Detroit. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. And you know, and that was really kind of funny too cuz that that now hopefully people will take this in the jest that I, it was mentioned at the at the conference. But I was doing a, a um I was at a uh, I went to the the one of the institutes on classism. And they were talking about how Sue sent out an email saying, "Oh my gosh, this is so fabulous that we've never had this quite a response from any city that we've ever been hosted by that, you know, the community really came out and we had the most um the volunteers and things like this and and um people were saying, "Well, it's because Michigan's so impoverished right now but that's the only way we could attend right you know and, the only uh, way we can go is because if we volunteer because we cheap right exactly <laughs> and so we were laughing about that and things but um and the, of course everybody at the conference just started laughing the institute just started laughing because it was true. like oh yeah that's another way to look at it i guess it is another way to look at it but <laughs> you know? but detroit really represent i think yeah. that people left think feeling you know having a piece of detroit with them and i really mm. think that that the LGBTQ community here at in in Michigan is gonna, and that was the one thing I think because I went I always when I when I've gone to Korean Change in the past I always go to I, well whenever I go to any conference let's put it this way whenever I go to a conference I never get like the plane that leaves at noon the last day of the conference I always take like the evening flight out so I can be able to enjoy the city a little bit and I can mm-hmm. kind of take it a little easy after the conference sure. and and um and go from there and. Um, and so after the whole conference is done, they always have like a feedback session so right. that people could be able to stay and, and kind of give their feedback. And I've gone to these things and some people have really dissed, um, the city, the host city and how, you know, they really didn't respond to this and they really, really didn't help us with that. And it was just really difficult. Well, in this session, I didn't hear one thing about Detroit. Really? It was all about programs. Wow. I didn't hear one thing that, you know, Detroit was so rude to us and the people here, you know, were so, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, there was a couple things that I'm kind of curious about, but I'll ask you off the air. But, <laughs> um, well, there were some issues apparently that had come up during the conference about that happened with the, well, actually, it was in one of the plenary sessions. Someone actually mentioned about the staff. Um, at the hotel. Hotel security. Oh, was it hotel security? Okay. Yeah. And, um, and so I'm curious and I'll hear those stories later, but, um, you know, cause I'm always interested in the gossip, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the insightful investigative Invest- reporting. reporting right? <laughs> exactly. Um, but the thing is, is what was so nice about it is that throughout the conference, I didn't hear about that. I mean, I had been there since Thursday, been there for four days. And the first time I hear about it is at a plenary session. Mm-hmm. I was like, Wow! Apparently, it wasn't that huge of a deal or that huge of a of a um, situation that the entire because I've gone to actually conferences, creating change conferences, where something happened and all three thousand of us got up and protested. Wow! I mean, it was like where we actually got onto the streets and started protesting at City Hall, and I mean, I've been to some of those creating changes. Um, um, but that was one thing I didn't even hear anything about that and, and how, but it just seemed that everybody was, that was from Detroit or interacted with anybody from, you know, the Detroit area was just really, um, uh, it seemed to have had a really positive experience and I was really, so I think that really says a lot about our Put community your hands up for Detroit. Exactly. Absolutely. And you know, the one thing that my colleagues and I from other institutions really laughed about was the Joe Lewis fist. Yes. Are you familiar with the fest? Yes, I'm really familiar with the fest. Yes. Uh huh. So it's often, been a kind of a often pain in the arm. Pain in the arm. Since <laughs> 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 that thing's been up. Pain, right. Yes. Yeah. Um, but they're always like, "What's with the fest?" Yeah. <laughs> like, 
did they put that there just for us? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no, and get off of it. <laughs> but so that was a funny oh, thing. Oh, I never even thought of it that way. I just got it. Oh, my gosh. I was thinking of something totally different. Oh, my, oh my gosh. Yes. Yes, we did that just for creating change. That's that right. is fabulous. Um, leave it to a bunch of queer activists to think that. Leave it to a bunch of queer activists. <laughs> leave it. Please just leave it. Um, but oh I, think, my I think you're right. I think that people... Um, people were positive. They felt great about the plenaries. They were awesome. You know, yeah. I was I got a chance to talk to Julian Bond um, beforehand in the green room, and and at first I, I was like, oh, he's really cool, very grandfatherly, mm-hmm. very chill. And then he got on stage and I'm like, wow, bam! I mean, he just Holy like, cow. yes, exactly. And then I was teasing him because he has this picture online of him in a fro. Yes. <laughs> and yes. I'm like, Doctor Bond, where's your fro? So, <laughs> so that was that was pretty funny. And then I got to meet Mr. How did he react? He, he just laughed. Yeah, good. Okay, that's right. Um, and uh, it's afterwards we wanted a picture with him, and he's like, I don't know if I want to take a picture of these people. <laughs> um, but I uh, would question that even if knowing right. you. Thank you. Thank Not you very much. I, I, um, I got... I did take a picture with International Mr. Leather, though. Oh, hot. Hot. Oh, my gosh. Especially <laughs> when I found out what he was wearing that was being auctioned what off. Was it, what was it? A cod piece? Uh, it, no, it was actually he had... <laughs> so we, so the audience can understand what we're talking about. <laughs> Apparently, so there's this this award. So um, International Mr. Leather was presenting the, presenting the Leather Legacy Award. Right. And so uh, International Mr. Leather is very attractive. And he Dang. gave... Uh, he said at the plenary, like... Uh, um, I will be at the Eagle and I will be auctioning off something I am currently wearing. And he's like, I'm not going to tell you what. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So what was it? It was a, um, and it was a jock strap that he's been wearing for a week. Oh. <laughs> Okay, and it, you know what? And can you imagine how much money he got for it? How I much? mean, maybe we should do that for our next fundraiser uh, for, uh, for a closet for uh, you know WCVN. <laughs> I will wear oh a jockstrap for WCVN for a week. I might have just died a little. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Like, how, so how many actually did people get for it? He got over hundred twenty dollars for his. Uh, oh, that's it. That's I thought it. he was going to get up to thousand. Oh no 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 no. He but I just I was just I just would not a person that would have. Yeah. yeah, I just, I was like, wow, okay. But, you know, I'm glad that the task force um, really honors the BDSM and leather community. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And did you know that Matt Foreman and, and Frank DeLeon are both pretty big leather men? Oh, I didn't know that, no. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously his man's partner, what's his name? Frank. Frank. Mm-hmm. Frank. I, obviously, Frank definitely looks the part. Mm-hmm. I mean, with especially, um, but I did not know that Matt was- We uh, should uh, We should have a show on that, on, on leather men. Yes, we should. we should. And leather women. We, yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, it's funny that Cl- Kate Clinton- Yes. Um, <laughs> So Kay Glidden was the plenary like MC, and she she was pretty funny. Oh my god, she, she was, was so funny. funny. She was yes. talking about how she's an honorary she bear. Yes, and uh-huh. how she loves it because whenever she p- pats people's backs, they're springy. Yes, exactly. And she loves the various games that we have at our bear events, where we put together like water, uh, we get water slides uh-huh. and things like this, and then we have, and then we make salmon, you know, swim backwards. <laughs> <That's> up <funny. laughs> I just was like, oh, that was so wrong. Yeah, so oh. she, it was. 
funny. So there was a lot of learning going on. Oh, yes, yes. And I heard a lot of people say, you know, I needed this. This is my good energizer. Yes. And it'll get me through to the next February. Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it was. And that's, I think that's one of the things I like about creating change is that it really. I mean, in fact, when they when I came back uh, Thursday, to I had to, just, I had to get some work done. At, uh, so I came back in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And they were asking me, so how are things going so far? And I said, you know what? I, I've been I've been attacked so much by the the right um, that I have forgotten what the big dream is, you know, and that I really only have um, a portion of it. I really that that the my dream has been altered because of being hit so much mm. by the right and rethinking what they're trying to tell me and where do I fit into that and right. that my dream became became so much smaller and that yet at creating change I was reminded. You know, by Matt Foreman, that you know that our dream is was way bigger um, thirty years ago, mm-hmm. and um, and I liked how he put that. And for me, it was it was one of those. Like, we always talk about how we've made so much so much uh, uh, progress in the last you know ten years and things like this. And then when he reminded us, well, thirty years ago, our progress was, you know, uh, what we were asking for and pushing for was way bigger. Um, than what we're begging for now, mm-hmm. and um, I was like, "Wow!" Um, so I really, um, it's but, really, it's really a chance to get some perspective, right? Absolutely, absolutely. So, so, so these speakers were awesome, and I, those of you who weren't be able to get there, we want to be able to share with you some of their message. Um, and all of these, the clips that we're going to talk about and here are on YouTube. If you look at the task force, mm-hmm. the task force as the um, as the author, the poster. Mm-hmm. And so there were many speakers. The main speakers were, of course, Julian Bond, who's the chairman of the NAACP, mm-hmm. and also um, Gene Robinson, who is mm-hmm. the first out Episcopal gay bishop, right, in New Hampshire, right, right. and um, and also and Toshin Reagan, yes, um, yes, uh, Johnson. Toshin Regan Johnson. Oh, no, I don't know. I, I don't even forget their last name. But, yes, but um, they were amazing. They closed this out with some Detroit music, and it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. I started to cry. Actually. Oh, everybody did. Yeah. So absolutely. Um, so so yeah. So there there's a lot of really rich content out there. Yes, absolutely. So one of the things that I wanted to the first place with the was Julian Bond, and um and and one of the things that I. I uh, th- that's constantly a discussion that I constantly have with with folks is you know what what is civil rights and what are human rights and um, and are and where do we fit into those into those movements and Julian Bond um, and Julian Bond he is he's been the president of the NAACP right here so right now he's the the head of the board head of the board okay mm-hmm. so he's the, okay um, and the national not like a local group that's but right, nationally national. so and he had a few things that he wanted to share from Selma to Montgomery by himself. He didn't speak to an empty field at the march on Washington. There were thousands marching with him and before him, and thousands more who did the dirty work that preceded the triumphant march. The strategies of that movement were litigation, organization, mobilization, coalition, all aimed at creating a national constituency for civil rights. Sometimes it is the simplest of acts, sitting at a lunch counter, going to a new school, applying for a marriage license, casting a vote that can challenge the way we act, the way we think. That's why when I'm asked, are gay rights civil rights, my answer is always, of course they are. Civil rights... Civil rights are positive legal prerogatives, the right to equal treatment before the law. These are rights shared by everyone. There is no one in the United States who does not or should not share in these rights. 
Rights for gays and lesbians are not special rights in any way. It isn't special to be free from discrimination. That's, right. That's an ordinary universal entitlement of citizenship. The right not to be discriminated against is a commonplace claim we expect to enjoy under our laws and our founding document, the Constitution. That many had to struggle to gain these rights makes them precious, it does not make them special, and it doesn't reserve them only for me or restrict them from others. When others gain these rights, my rights are not reduced in any way. The more civil rights are won by others, the stronger the army defending my rights becomes. My rights, my rights are not diluted when my neighbor enjoys protection from the law. He or she becomes my ally in defending the rights we all share. Now for some, comparison between the African-American civil rights movement and the movement for gay and lesbian rights seems to diminish the long black historical struggle with all its suffering, sacrifices, and endless toil. However, people of color ought to be flattered that our movement has provided so much inspiration for others, that it has been so widely imitated, that our tactics, our methods, our heroes, our heroines, and even our songs have been appropriated by or served as models for others. No parallels between movements for rights is exact. African Americans are the only Americans who were enslaved for more than two centuries. And people of color carry the badge of who we are on our faces. But we are far from the only people suffering discrimination. Sadly, so do many others. They deserve the law's protections, and they deserve civil rights too. Sexual disposition parallels race. I was born black and had no choice. I couldn't and wouldn't change if I could. Like race, our sexuality isn't a preference. It is immutable, unchangeable, and the Constitution protects us against prejudices based on immutable differences. Amazing. So, so what this really, what what I really take care out of this is the, uh, is two things. So, first of all, Julian Bond, huge, mm-hmm. right? Current chairman of NAACP, and if there's any better example of cross movement activism, mm. like this is it. Yes, this absolutely. Is it. And this is what the task force does so well is is you know there are a couple only a couple major LGBT political organizations in the country, and one of them does cross movement stuff well, and the other not so well. Right, exactly. And I guess it, and it's also is one um, walks the walk. I mean, they mm-hmm. say that we, we need to be inclusive. We need to be able to um, do definitely you know. Um, um, bringing everybody to the table, and 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 I, that's what I see with the National Gay and Lesbian Task Force or the Task Force. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's what they, that's what they're doing is, and they and they do that in every scene, a, aspect of what they're um, of of what they're even in the awards that they give, the presentations that they give. I mean, that everybody needs to be. Um, you know, at the table, um, and so I'm gonna actually switch the the, the which tape we're gonna actually do next. I'm um, gonna do Matt Foreman, but we're gonna do number two, and um, and and where he talks about a lot about of where we need to be definitely bringing people to the table and not be um, leaving others out. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Nope. Okay. And um, and Matt Foreman is, is leaving the task force now. So he's leaving it quite a legacy. He's been at the right. task force longer than any other executive director. Absolutely. And there's been a great, you know, a great um, list who have preceded him, you know, including Irvashiv. Yes. Um, and so who's now at the Arcus Foundation, right? So and um, the ex- the interim executive director Ray Carey is amazing. So she, I know, will will lead a team of people to find um, the best replacement for Matt. So let's hear Matt a little bit. And then we witnessed the President of the United States out campaigning, trying to whip up the forces again around the sanctity of marriage. At the very same time, one of his best buds, the principal advisor in Karl Rove's year-long campaign against marriage equality, the so, so, so that was a little scratchy. Right, right, exactly. But one of the things that he was talking about just is where um, everybody needs to be at the table, and everybody needs to um, that we that we can't do this alone. That we that that um, that we need to be not only concerned about um, um, we need also be including immigrants. We need to be um, people who are um, uh, not documented uh, workers. We need to be able to think about um, you know women and and the rights of their bodies. And and what and their choices. Um, we need to be including um, uh, people with disabilities. Um, uh, in fact, one of the things with the folks with disabilities is that there is um, of how you know they've been doing this work a lot longer than we have. Um, and so um, I mean, they were they were part of a community or identified in a community of not being wanted either. And and how they've been working in dealing with policy mm-hmm, and and, mm-hmm. and working with that. Um, you know, one of the things I think that Matt did that was really pointing to me is how he he talked about you know there was a death of a trans woman. Yes. Um, days before the conference. Days opened. exactly. So we, I, we were seeing a conference meeting saying like, what do we say mm-hmm. about this? Absolutely. Like, what do we say about the death of a trans woman who the media labeled as a quote unquote known prostitute? Which right. Is problematic. Right. Incredibly, um, you know, that's defamatory. Right. And and so, but he he talked about it. He said it. He right out said. Um, that he, he right out addressed it. Well, and then the fact, and the way he described it too is that that um, you know that I that we have someone who is sitting right now all by themselves in a morgue, mm-hmm. and that I mean that to me just this just wrenched my soul. I mean just mm-hmm. to be there to be having that thought of just like you know this person has died, uh, murdered, and they're lonely you know mm-hmm. they're there no one's there to claim the body no one's there to care for the body um and how uh, devastating that is um uh and and here we are in michigan trying to work with that um and and you know why do we need why why are we needing to do the work we're doing mm-hmm. and, and we have a perfect example well right there exactly so he, he's leaving us with a good powerful message and i think mm-hmm. it's important that you know he delivers the state of the movement addresses just what he calls it mm-hmm. and and it is it really encapsulates where we are where we need to be and i think that they're they're good words absolutely absolutely um so one of the things that i wanted one of the um clips i definitely wanted to play was uh with uh, mia um and um, she um, and she was she won an award mm-hmm. um, and for her uh, um, work in in being bringing uh, folks to the table right. and bringing folks and and doing uh, and making sure that people are included in the movement um, and she specifically was talking about with disabilities um, and um, and so let's play a clip. Ableism and allow 
disability issues to be seen as secondary issues. Those of us who push disability into the conversation, even when it's hard and unpopular, again and again. Those of us who are not part of the nonprofit industrial complex and who do not work for an organization, but whose activism and work is no less valuable. Mia Mingus is amazing. And so she won uh, the Creating Change Award, um, and uh, it, which you know included a $5,000 prize, which is amazing. Nice, yeah. uh, and she identifies as a transracial uh, queer adoptee. Mm-hmm. Transracial adoptee queer woman. Yes. Right? And so she does work on disability, race, reproductive justice, gender, sexuality. And, you know, it's amazing. She really calls it out. She says, you know, uh, trans or cross-movement activism is not um, just merely a smooth strategy, mm-hmm. but it's a necessity. Absolutely. Right? And she called the task force out, too. She, she said, did. She said, there are accessibility issues. Mm-hmm. Um, we cannot get around this hotel. Right. And, and you know, and you know, the only thing that we could say was, you're right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You couldn't really deny it. Absolutely. And, um, and, and, um, and, and definitely putting that out there of just saying, you know, how could we, and, and just even other little things too. She's not necessarily talking about just also just, um, getting around but also just the the the, the perception or, or site issues of mm-hmm. because the hotel also where they're i mean we were dealing with a lot of balcony issues and looking across various and so and height phobias thank you height phobia i was trying to remember what that's called and um um you know, and she also was talking, but she was also talking about with, um, uh, she talked about just all the various things that we needed to be able to take a look at. Just even like, for instance, the small print mm-hmm. of the of the program um, and trying to manip- maneuver through that. Um, so, yeah, so she was definitely looking at the, the what we were doing um, at the conference and, and, and definitely used her voice for that. Absolutely. And it's amazing. So if you want to hear more from any of these awesome plenary sessions, um, you can go to the task force. Dot org that's the task force.org and there's a huge banner up to the report from national conference on lgbt quality creating change and you know next year it's in denver right yes i can't wait it'll be good i've never actually been oh so you're a love denver but you have to drink excited. lots of water if you go there that's what i hear and you know um the other thing is i'm really looking forward to not planning it yeah uh, <laughs> so uh, let's take a quick quick break yes um and then on the other side we're going to talk to um donna from the washington county public health department right and let's see if we can get to the bottom of this whole mercy scale absolutely right? okay. yes so you're listening to wcbnfm ann arbor uh closets are foreclosed and we'll be right back <laughs> You have my heart 
Never be worlds apart Maybe in magazine But you still be my star Cause in the dark Can't see shiny cars That's when you need me there With you I'll always share When the sun shines we'll shine together Told you I'll be here forever Said I'll always be your friend Took an oath that I'll stick it out to the end Now that it's raining more than ever Know that we still have each other You can stand under my umbrella You can stand under my umbrella Under my umbrella These fancy things Never come in between You're part of my entity Here for infinity When the war has took its part When the world has dealt its cards If the hand is hard Together we'll mend your heart When the sun shines we'll shine together Told you I'll be here forever Said I'll always be your friend So, um, so on the air, on the phone, we have Donna. Now, Donna is at Nussdorfer or Nussdorfer. Well, it depends on who you ask. I say Nuss- I say Nussdorfer. My husband says Nussdorfer. Oh, that doesn't help me. Uh, okay, so we have. <laughs> so call me what you want, Dan. All right, great. So, uh, well, this is Donna, and she's from the Washington County Communicable uh, Disease Program Coordinator. Um, and um, so, Donna, one of the, the the concerns that we've been having, um, uh, basically in the in the LGBT media, is uh, well, you know, what I should say first of all. Welcome to Closet Suffer Clothes. Welcome to Closet oh. Donna. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, and we also have uh, just to let you know Donna Gabe uh, is also here with us. Um, Hi uh, Gabe. Uh, Hi Donna. <laughs> so one of the things that we're seeing in the media a lot is this thing called MRSA, or what we've been uh, short, shortly calling MRSA. And right. and what what the heck is MRSA? Actually, what it is is a methicillin resistant Staph aureus. Staph aureus is a very, very common, especially skin infection that people get. And normally you just treat it with penicillin or sometimes you don't even have to treat it with anything. It'll just kind of go away on its, on its own, like with a boil or something like that where the doctor would just pop it and drain it and let it drain. Cool. Well, what, Ew, makes, cool. what makes MRSA sort of complicated is that the first-line antibiotic of penicillin doesn't work against it. Oh. But there's other more expensive antibiotics that you can use that work very well against it. So it's not like as if it's resistant to all antibiotics, which would be a real issue. It's just that it's uh, resistant to the most common ones. So then there's more complicated like medication that they have to do or well, is there not, not really not really oh, okay. you just take the antibiotic like you would for a, a regular one and actually a lot of times what happens is you don't even know if you have MRSA unless oh. you go to the doctor and they culture it. 
know, or sometimes okay. what they'll do is they'll give you, if you have a skin infection, oh, for example, a boil, or kids get impetigo. I don't know if you ever got it when you were a kid, but my no. kids used to get it. Okay. You know, they get a, a scab and they keep picking it and picking it. Oh, and, yeah, okay. Um, they get impetigo, and so they'd either give you an ointment of penicillin or an antibiotic of penicillin, to pills or liquid to take. And if it doesn't go away, then they give you something else, and then they think maybe it's MRSA. But the only way to really know if it is MRSA is to culture it. Gotcha. And then and get a sensitivity to see if it's resistant or not. So I'm, I'm confused, Donna. Why, why was this connected to gay men? Well, you know what? When I hadn't even heard of that at all until after Dan asked me to um, be on this, and I was reading actually minutes from one of our um, management team meetings today, and I noticed that, Somebody had brought up an article, so I Googled it, Googled it today. And apparently what happened was there was a study done out in California, and somebody in the media grabbed that study and blew it totally out of proportion um, uh. and made it into an issue that really is a non-issue. And then, of course, when you get all the anti-gay yes. religious right people grabbing onto it, yes. like, you know, you know, this is the wrath of God and blah, 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 blah. Right. But no, it really... It's no more an issue in the gay community than it is in sporting events um, or at locker rooms or gyms or, you know, just any kind of intimate contact that you'd have with another person or something that the other person has used. So MRSA is not, so is MRSA a sexually transmitted disease? No, no. Normally the way it's transmitted is one person to another through some kind of close body contact. Um, One of the first ways that we saw it in the community was with wrestling matches. Really? You know how wrestlers are, you know, their bodies are rubbing up against each other. And oh, I know. Like I know. I know. All that kind of stuff. And their skin gets abraded, <laughs> and one person has an infection and the other person doesn't, and just that body to body contact. Or the other place is like in uh, football locker rooms and stuff like that, where the kids share equipment or share towels or, you know, um, in the shower they share soap and razors and all kinds of stuff like that. So that's typically where you see it in the community. Now, most of the MRSA that we see actually is in the hospital, and it's hospital-acquired. And it's probably just come from someone who has some kind of staph infection, uh, an employee at the hospital, or a nursing home or whatever that has some kind of a low-grade staph infection in their nose or under their fingernail or something and hasn't washed their hands or hasn't covered their hands or something, and the person at the hospital has had some kind of a surgical procedure or they're on dialysis or they're immune compromised, and so they're very susceptible to this infection. And so those are the people that really um, have the complications of pneumonia or um, a blood infection or something from it. But out in the community, it's mostly healthy people. Now, there have been a few people who have died from it. I don't know. Last fall, we had a big uproar about there was a kid in, I think it was North Carolina or something, a football player, mm-hmm. and his actually went um, into his blood, and that's why oh, he wow. had a problem. But most of the time in the community, it's just a very aggravating skin infection. And is it that with him, was it just that it just got so ignored over? You know, I don't, I don't oh. know, you know, and I don't know if he had an underlying condition oh, you know, okay. or something like that, why his even went into the blood, because usually it doesn't. Gotcha. In fact, a lot of times, like I say, an antibiotic isn't even necessary. You have a big boil, the doctor, you go to the doctor, they drain it, and it heals up on its own. Your body takes care of it. Got it. So, because it, what I was reading is that it, was, it looks like a, like a little bit of a spider bite. Sometimes it'll look like a spider bite. It'll be a, uh, a pimple, a boil. Okay. Um, 
sometimes if you if you've ever had a cellulitis, you know, where you get this big reddened area, you mm-hmm. know, where it looks like you got a bite and then your whole leg gets really red and swollen, that kind of stuff. Oh, okay. Um, and abscess, you know, when it really gets bad, of course, is when it goes into pneumonia and blood infection or into your bone or. Well, we hope know. to prevent it before it gets there. Exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, but mostly it starts out looking like a spider bite or looking like a pimple or something like that. So then, okay, so then, so would you just try to avoid folks that have that red mark? Or, I mean, what is it that, how can I... Well, the best thing to do is to put a barrier between you and the other person. Um, or don't and that's why personal. I got this table, Gabe. Like a wall? <laughs> I don't, I don't but you know, like especially now with people I'm going to workout gyms and all okay. that kind of stuff, you know? What was that again, um, Donna? I'm sorry? If, you know, where people are going to gyms and working out and everything right. like that, if they're, wear a t-shirt. You know, don't put your back right up against the... The, the thing or your chest or whatever it is, you know. Oh, put I a see. Towel, you know, if you're laying with your head or your neck on a table, put your towel, put a towel under it, you know. Gotcha. Um, the other thing is, is don't share any personal items with anybody. You know, razors, deodorants, soap, lotions, gotcha. towels, anything like that. Um, well, I usually don't share my soap. I, I drop it a lot, but I don't usually <laughs> share my soap. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Good. Good. <laughs> Well, and then the other thing, recommendation is like, you know, around home or like at gyms and stuff like that, they should, in between people, they should wash it down with a some kind of a um, antibacterial solution like Pine Sol, Lysol, or a 1 to 100 uh, bleach and water solution. So is this an epidemic? Are we looking no. at... Okay. No. Uh, you know, the media has tried to make it as such. Right. Um, but it, it, it isn't really, you know, and it's okay. one of those things that's totally preventable. The other thing is wash your hands. You right. know, that's... That's the other big thing. Especially most, if you're touching people's noses. Exactly. Most, most diseases that are spread human to human, that's why great. humans are great, great places for bugs to grow, is because we always have our hands on our face, on our mouth, on our nose, and on everybody else and everything around us. Right. And if well, we would quit doing that yeah. and washing our hands in between, it would be a big step. Absolutely. To, uh, now, I, I wondered, would you guys like some places where people could go for more information? Absolutely. If yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, number one, of course, is our public health website. Oh, great. I will tell you. Right here in Washtenaw County? Right here in Washtenaw <laughs> County. <laughs> um, it's publichealth.ewashtenaw.org. Okay. And when you go in there, you can just scroll down. I think it's like the third article down. There's a thing on MRSA, and just click on more. And then there's all kinds of websites there from the CDC, um, from the Department of Community Health, from other places, too, not only for community people, but also for schools and anybody that's interested. Um, and then also on that same website, if on the left-hand side, if you just click on fact sheets, and then from there you click on communicable disease fact sheets, and then there's a fact sheet for any disease you can think of. But scroll down if you want MRSA. But otherwise, there's everything else on there, too. You know, chicken pox, measles, all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, so you can get other, definitely other information. Other, mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Other than just MRSA. I mean, anything else you want to do. We even have sexually transmitted diseases, everything on there. Absolutely. And it's just a real quick and easy fact sheet. And then the CDC main website is www.cdc.gov, which, of course, is the Centers for Disease Control in Atlanta, which is our federal equivalent of our Department of Community Health. Um, And then there, they've got a whole alphabetical list, and you just click on whatever letter the disease is that you want, like M for MRSA or, Mm -hmm. you know, S for syphilis or whatever you want to click on. Just click on it and scroll down and find your disease, and there's really, really great 
great information there as well. Absolutely. And that's where I went to. And there, and just to let folks know is that there is a difference. There's two different types of MRSA from what I got. There was like this MRSA CA and, and MRSA HA. One HA was... is a health, health um, care acquired, which is the one I talked about that is a much more serious one. And usually it's affecting people who are in the hospital or in nursing homes who have had some kind of... Um, extensive medical procedure done like surgery or something like that or they're on dialysis or they're um, immune compromised and that's the one those are the people that really 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 um, have the severe complications of pneumonia and sepsis and even die from it gotcha wow and that's like actually like when i was reading it was like 80 percent of the cases of MRSA right yeah so right. it's like the majority right. of the cases and right. then the ca is community the community ac- acquired right right that means those of us who are not in the hospital Gotcha. And that's only, what I read was like only 14% of all the mm-hmm. cases. Mm-hmm. So it's really, I mean, you're like you were saying, it really is not something that is... Um, no, most skin infections are just a regular old staph infection. Gotcha. And this is not any more virulent than a regular staph infection, except... The only thing is that you have to treat it a little differently with a different antibiotic. Gotcha. So, okay, so folks, I'm going to get a little graphic here. So, and, and Donna, you're used to me talking like this. So, um, so okay, so some of our community it goes to bathhouses regularly. Mm-hmm. And this is they one of the things. need to be very careful. Exactly. And so what would be some of the things that they, so we, and we've talked about it already, but some of the things would be just make sure they're washing their hands. Um, well, and you know what they might want to do is after they're done at the bathhouse, do, are there showers available? Sometimes, yes. Yeah, I mean, I take a good body shower before you leave, and it'll wash everything off. There you go. You know, um, if and you everything kind of off. Open, yes, yeah. If you have any kind of open sores or wounds or anything like that, I wouldn't go because you're going to introduce something into it. That's you know, our skin is a great barrier, but yes. if it's broken, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's when everything comes in. An so open they need to really be careful. Yep. Or if they see someone else there that looks like they have some kind of a funny bump or sore or red spot or something like that i would avoid that person yeah right, right. or you know, what about avoid intimate with them at all what about just avoiding that area or would it be something well it, if it's on their leg and they're sitting down on a stool or something like that no right. i would not sit on that stool unless i had my little handy dandy antibacterial spray to spray on it first <laughs> you or know, put a towel down to sit on and i can just know? see some queens bring a little anti-spray and a yeah, exactly. <laughs> they or just put a towel down you know bring your right. own towel and sit a towel down on it. So no, but then you got to be careful about then if you use the towel, which side well, you're I using. I use the same towel if I, okay. you know, if if I was sitting on the towel. How many towels do you was, want me to bring? <laughs> <laughs> well, you can bring two. Yeah. I mean, it's up to you. How important is your health here? That's right. So you know, That's put right. a put a towel down and use that one for sitting and all that kind of stuff. But then when you dry yourself off, I would use a clean one. Perfect. Perfect. You know, and then just wash them in hot water and throw them in the dryer and. They'll be ready to go again for you. Gotcha. You don't have to do any special treatment other than washing them with that. Perfect. Gotcha. Okay. Does that answer your question? I, it, it really does. I mean, because that's one of the things because we, we've been hearing off. I mean, even in February, oh, our, our um, uh, some of our major newspapers and things like this reported again that, you know, we have this, mm-hmm. we have to worry about this uh, staph they infection. They were one of the and, ones that picked it up and went the way of everybody else, which was totally wrong. Exactly. You know, and, and I guess the only things that would make people in the gay community more susceptible um, might be if there are people who are immune compromised within right. the community, but otherwise, anybody who has skin-to-skin contact with another human being 
is susceptible. So you just Got need it. to do things to protect yourself. Absolutely. Just wash regularly, bring exactly. some towels. Exactly. Or but this is not a scourge on the gay community or anything like that, which is what you know all those articles were trying to say. Exactly. No. no. Exactly. No, no more higher incidence there than anywhere else. Perfect. Any other locker room. <laughs> right, right. Exactly, exactly. You know, well, that's lock, one of the locker things. Locker rooms in general are a swell place, so that's where you have to be really, really careful. Oh, so that's good to know. So those of us that work out regularly um, use the same things we were talking about Maybe earlier. The ca- yeah, precautions. You know, make sure you have a barrier, whether it's a T-shirt or a towel or whatever else. And then when you're all done, make sure you wash yourself. That's why you're supposed to take a shower after you exercise. Right, and not just throw your clothes into a into a bag and wait to use it to the next time. Wash it in between. Right. Oh, it's, absolutely. You know, absolutely. It helps those of us as you open up your bag to change your clothes <laughs> that we have to exactly. do with the smell and, exactly. uh, and other things. It would things. help you for two reasons. That's right. Absolutely. See, Donna, it wasn't that bad, was it? We're, we're done. I know. Woohoo. Oh, no, Dan, I knew it would be easy with you. <laughs> oh, good. You know I am. Hey, wait a minute. What no, do you I mean I'm easy? You're not cheap, right, Dan? <laughs> that's that's I right. I that <laughs> That's right. That's right. Donna, thank you so much for taking time, because I knew you took out your, your, your evening with uh, your hey, family. Listen, I, I fed myself first, so hey, good. I'm good to go. Yay. Great. Thanks, Dan. Thank you, Donna. Bye-bye. And Donna's been always wonderful to me. So she's always, every time I was like, Donna, I need to know about this or whatever, she's always been really great to... to get some information from and stuff so and she's um just she's this just that kind of personality you know i think it's so interesting how you know i I, you know we always say blame the media blame the media but i mean really this sort of fear-mongering right about uh, this MRSA scare yes and uh, so much so that even the cdc came out and said like we're sorry. Right. We should have, like, we need to sim Madonna. Exactly. You know? Mm-hmm. So, 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 yeah, I'm glad that there's people and there's resources out there like iwashna.org yes. that we can get um, yes. some, some fast facts about what MRSA is. And now, you know, and this isn't about, like, oh, you know, MRSA is now safe. Like, we don't right. need to be careful, right? Right, it, right. It just means that um, we need to think critically. Well, and then just like the flu. I mean, it doesn't mean that. I mean, just with like with the flu, that doesn't mean that we're that. Oh my gosh, we're we're in a horrible epidemic proportions and things are happening. It's just that it, when you hear about the flu or people with colds, obviously, you know, you're gonna wash your hands more often and um, you're gonna be you know just being really careful about um, you know if you're gonna shake someone's hand and then touch your nose or touch your face or your it's eyes anyway. General general germ care. Right? Exactly. Just just a reminder of you know. You know, cleanliness, which our mothers used to say, you know, cleanliness is the heaven's best. I don't know. I'm, no, my mom never said that. Never said that to you? Well, that explains a lot. No, I'm just going to just play it. So, my goodness. But, yeah, so, it, exactly. So, it's just, uh, it's really, um, yeah, just take care of yourself. This is just basically was a reminder. So... So how else is your week looking? Oh, my gosh. It's, you know what? Things have been really... Actually, it was actually very interesting is that I, I've never had this happen where I was at a grocery store um, uh, Sunday night and I was going to do my grocery shopping and um, the cashier commented on my food. Mm. I've never had that happen before. And her comment was, there is nothing here that's not healthy for you. And I oh. looked at her and I was like, well, what do you mean? She says, there's not a sugar item in here. There's that ice cream, potato chips. She says, are you human? I mean, she, she was just Good for you. And it wasn't. What did you say? And I just, I just looked at her like, I, 
I guess. I I don't know. And I started looking and I said, it doesn't mean I don't eat it. I mean, it was just one of those, um, I mean, I've been trying to increase my fruits and vegetables, mm-hmm. but and but I just thought it was really funny to kind of see uh, um, the cashier actually comment. I've never had that actually, anybody really just comment on my food as I'm buying it. And I, then it kind of dawned on me, like, they must be really... You know, bored. Uh, either bored or very. I mean, what does that say? As as you're, you know, checking out, what does that say about you? I mean, I started thinking about all the times like I've bought like a diet coke and like a um, you know, custard filled donut. Oh, you now know, is that or, the time to get you know, self conscious. Well, no, I just thought like, wow, what does that say about what a person or whatever? Or um, I mean, I used to make fun of the thing like I get like a when I used to get like a Mountain Dew and a king size Snickers bar and say and go up to the cashier and go breakfast of champions. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, uh, but I, that was just to be funny, but I never, so I thought, wow, they, there are some things that are sometimes, um, that people t- take a look at that I never really even realized of, um, uh, and, and, and I was, uh, the cashiers, of, uh, they don't say anything. And I just thought, wow, it must be very interesting because there's this one cashier when I go grocery shopping that I get the majority of the time because she apparently works always at the same time I go grocery and shopping. Got, right. Yeah. And so, yeah, right. Exactly. You know, after the, bar, I mean, um, <laughs> and, uh, um, and so therefore, and she's usually the only one that's open because I go in the evening. So mm-hmm. after everybody's pretty much gone home and, um, I thought, wow, over the years, it must be very interesting when she realizes, like, when I'm on a diet, when I'm not on a diet, when I'm eating, you know, differently and things. So, yeah. So what did you actually get out of the Creative Change Conference? I'm kind of curious. As, as someone who plans it, I mean, I know what it was like for me on the quote-unquote receiving end, but, um, you know, when I was a participant, but not a, you know, where I put it well, all together. You know, it was, it was definitely, like... I- you know, you always, whenever you have this huge undertaking, it feels so long until you get to the very end, right? And and then you sort of like, wow, I can't, I can't believe that was it. And right. And and that's exactly. I, I'm. You know, we often talk about this like conference high or this retreat mm-hmm. high, and mm-hmm. and that's passing. And it's it's. I'm sad that I don't get to hang out with my coaches who were amazing. Yeah, they but were. But also like. There were some amazing things that happened in terms of like the connections I was able to make and people that I met and like just being in the thick of things and seeing how an operation like that is run was You're amazing. Right. It was Absolutely. Great. And really, you know, it is a service. Like it needs that is something that the LGBTQ community really needs to yes. have a spot to get together like that. Absolutely. And I can't help but be thankful that the task force has so many good supporters and friends and structure to be able to do that. Right. Right. Um, and I think that it's great. I think that it's great. So um, Absolutely. Was, I'm really proud to have been a part of it. And, and you know, my props go to like Sue Hyde and Robin Wood and, and Russell Roybal and the rest of the, the conference planning team. And they were, they were just amazing to work with. Gotcha. So you didn't really get anything out of it then, eh? No, not <laughs> at all. Not at all. Just put miles in my car. That's right. Exactly. Yeah, it, it was oh. really enriching. It was really enriching. Good. Yeah. Good. Because um, I was curious. I mean, with that type, like when I look at Sue Hyde afterwards, you know, just how does she deal with all the, you know, afterwards, you know, what does she personally get out of it? You know, because there's so much that's going on. I mean, you're at these things. I mean, I'd be waiting in line for when I was waiting for food and things like for like a quick lunch. So I'd run down to the fast food restaurants really quick or whatever. You know, I'd be sitting there and like behind me, the person was talking would I, I start a conversation since we're aligned together and, and, um, not that I normally do this when I'm out, out and about, but when you're, um, and, um, and I was talking to a, one of the board members of the task force oh. and, 
and we were and we just started chatting. She says, "Yeah, I'm here to kind of you know get the food. I'm meeting with a funder and um and and things like this." And I looked at her like, "Oh my gosh!" I mean, so like board members are meeting with funders and picking up their you know just kind of schmoozing them. To, and she says, "Yeah, I'm you know going to be asking them for like fifty thousand dollars." And I'm like, "Oh my god, fifty thousand dollars!" You know, right? it's just like goodness gracious. But then at the same time, I think about all the millions that people are always giving. You know, and just to put fifty thousand is nothing compared to what a lot of the work that needs to be done. Well, compared to you know the front runner candidates right now. Oh yeah, fifty thousand dollars is is nothing. Nothing exactly, nothing. exactly. And to think that that could do a year and a half of programming at a place like the Trevor Project, right? Or or like the National Center for Transgender Equality, like that's that's huge. Yes, that's huge. Absolutely. So it's all about wondering where our priorities are. Right. Exactly. Or even like for instance, one of the things that statistic I learned is that apparently our community, um, the LGBT community, spends sixty million dollars on just tobacco. Um, cigarettes and things like that or whatever Um, yet um, what was it no 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 let me back up the program there was something about the programming that people do um, it was kind of like the reverse, I guess. I, I guess I messed that up. But it was one of those things like either um, that we – oh, that's right. To do, if we added up all the programming that we do on um, – uh, like tobacco research or something or tobacco mm-hmm. in the in the community it's oh I messed it up anyway but it was something the difference of that the community spends like three billion uh, three billion dollars um, on tobacco when we could be we're using um, only like like 60 million um, to do like all the programming we do throughout the country right so if we would have just taken those tobacco dollars and moved it into you know activism you know can you imagine the work that would be getting done mm-hmm. you know or um, um, but there was one thing that Kate Clinton said that I thought was really interesting that i that i was um um she commented on the on how she says you know what we've done this year like we've never had um candidates actually go on um onto a tv network a queer tv network and actually um talk about their issues Mm -hmm. and one and and she says and she says there was a question that was asked where you know do you think that homosexuality is a choice and she had them actually ah. ask that. Um, and one of the things that she had commented on, she says, you know what? I don't think that's the, really the proper question. You know, I think that she said the proper question I think should have been, you know, is heterosexuality a choice? Huh. And then she took it a little bit further and she goes, you know, actually that's not even the question. She says that, do you think that people should, we should have room for, every, for a person, um, uh, whether it's biological or a choice, that whether they make that choice or not, do we have room for them in our community? Wow. And I thought that that was really powerful in the sense of, you know, you're right. It really doesn't matter if it's a biological question or if it's a personal choice of whether they want to be LGBT. Um, but in this, in, in, in my vision of America or my vision of the United States, it should really be that no matter what your choices are, you should still be at the, be allowed at the table. That's right. Everyone has a spot. Exactly. Everyone has a spot. Well, thanks for um, having us um, and the spot of your schedule, That's everybody. That's right. Thanks for listening today. And next week we'll have... Um I don't know what we'll have. We'll some have some very, some yes, exactly. Some amazingness. Absolutely. Um, and we'll have this wonderful, uh, witty conversation next next week. That's right. So we'll see you on the other, uh, <laughs> other side. <laughs> All right. Bye. bye. Everybody. Let's get out of here. Bye. 
Thanks for listening to Closets Are For Clothes every Wednesday night, 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor 88.3. You can contact us by calling 734-763-3500 or writing to 530-SAB Ann Arbor, Michigan 48109. And don't forget our new email address, wcbnclosets at gmail.com. The views and opinions expressed are solely those of the speaker and are not the opinions of WCBN or their licensees, the regents of the University of Michigan. For Dan Burns and engineer Alex Belhage, I'm Gabe Javier. Remember, be yourself because you don't get to be anyone else. Here's a sample of what you won't hear from this station. Bice down your coolers and get ready to bleed. Roadkill Productions is proud to present Deep Black Twisted Heavy Metal Death Crew with special guest the Sewer Priest. You better sit up front or you'll miss the splattering blood and flying rodent heads. Get a free Satan scum body bag if you show your Catholic high school ID. If they're too loud, you're too Enough said. Hello, you're listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Uh, my name is Rachel, and this is my show, Who's That Girl? The freeform show that highlights music made by women. I'm going to start with a track. Um, uh, 